0: Um yeah man, he's a cool guy. What's I'd love to introduce him? you to he he's he's a, his name is Garrett Machine. Garrett Machine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. And it's it's he that this guy's nuts, man. And um he All right. invited me in. You. You're live. <laughs> hey guys, how are you? It's Marketing and Marketer Brothers here in um, Pompano Beach, Florida. And today we have a a very special guest. Um it's uh Ronda Koch. Uh, he, he actually is a kramaga expert and he runs the school that I go to. I've been doing kramaga for almost a year now, um, learned a, uh, great things and, and uh, you know, he's, he's been an entrepreneur in his life. He'll tell his story, but it will also tell about kramaga, which not a lot of people know about. So, um, as you can see, I'm, I'm pretty much a mess. I mean that's <laughs> we, I just finished the class with him and uh, you know I highly recommend him and it's awesome so so um I, Car- how are you Carlos and yeah we'll have we'll have uh, Randall talk about himself yeah hey
1: everybody great great to say hello to you and thanks for tuning in if you're watching this in the recording please help us share it because I think this is going to be a, a a big big um, content for you in many many different ways I can already see it coming, you know, with, with somebody as, uh, as, uh, experienced. And I mean, you've been doing this for a while already. You've owned a business and you've applied yourself to the, 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 the martial arts over the years. Uh, uh, Randall, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how did martial arts fit into your life as you were growing up? And, uh, now it has become not only a, something that you do for self defense but it's also a business so hey welcome to marketer brothers we're so excited to have you uh, please tell us a little more about yourself
2: sure um i started in uh, taekwondo was my first martial art i started with and started when i was five years old and it was a family thing my father, uh just retired from the army his career military he had a black belt in he wanted to get back into some sort of martial art that was similar to that so taekwondo was also a great art so he wanted to get started back with that i have an older brother as well he wanted to get trained in martial arts as well so he started off as a red belt which is one belt below a black belt and uh, my brother and i started the white belts. So we were trained under an instructor uh, way back in the day in toy falls idaho and um eventually that instructor he moved on he was a pastor of a baptist church and he got relocated to another spot so my father ended up taking over the program just so that th- these students wouldn't be you know abandoned and then before you know it He's teaching more and more and more. I can turn into a full time school. My brother and I are helping out. And before you know what we're doing it at all times, not only just was our our passion, but turned into the family business as well. So that's how I got started with not only as a as a martial arts, but as a, a instructor and school owner. So, so martial arts is in your DNA, like like you were you were doing it since you were you so were a, uh, a I mean, baby. It mean, <laughs> yeah. wasn't a choice. It was like you had <laughs> to go to class. That's just how it was. And, you had to help teach. You had to help teach. That's just how it was. It wasn't. wasn't You did not really ask like, Yeah. Let's yeah. Go. Oh yeah. Yourself, let's well, go. and
0: that's what's happened. That that's that's a big difference between nowadays. You know, um, and that's how we we were brought up. You know, it's like, you know, nowadays I, I I see parents is like, oh, let me see if my kid wants to do this and stuff like that. Dude, I don't remember getting a choice until I was like fifteen on anything. Just <laughs> like,
2: on today. Yeah, yeah. What are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> If I didn't do my chores, like we don't eat. I mean, that's just how it was. You get in trouble. So, yep, it's different. Yeah. So
1: you you practically started when you were how old? I was five. 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 Awesome. Awesome. So then you, you grew up in the family business. Um, how how did it evolve into the first the first martial art that you did was
2: was it Taekwondo? Correct. Cool. And you got your black belt when? Got my black belt in Taekwondo. My first grade black belt. I was eight eight years old. Okay, so so it took you three
0: years, right? Of oh, yeah. Okay. At, it- at that age,
2: which is age. It's,
0: you know, at that age where where it's hard to focus on anything. You well, know, I have two girls. And yeah, and-
2: it, it was different back then too. We they didn't have kids classes. It was back then martial arts uh, classes were full of adults, young young adults. And I'm just this little dumbass five year old in the back, can't listen to instructions. <laughs> I basically have to sit in the back and just copy people. That's all I do is just copy people because I just I was still trying to figure out left and right and, and <laughs> things like that and but the point being it was like you had to keep up There wasn't screwing around like today now people think taekwondo karate martial arts more of a kids activity but back in the early 80s it was completely opposite until the original karate kid came out which changed the paradigm of that yeah. back then it was like you, you get I got beat up by the adults and you keep up you can't keep up tough and that's why I had to train hard it wasn't a choice yeah yeah so did you
1: realize that along the way I mean, it was something that you 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 did because you were in the family business, but along the way, this activity, this action, made you fall in love with it, right? And and it evolved into a passion.
2: Yeah, I think I think what helped, like if you if you have a natural aptitude to anything, you're generally going to like it. And, so, and what really kept me going with Taekwondo was competition, was mm-hmm. tournament, big shiny trophies. Because as a kid, ooh, big shiny trophy, let's go win some trophies. Yeah. And I had a I had a decent knack for it and. I could hold my own pretty well at the regional level, national level, I was okay. And you're good at something, you start winning a lot, it's like, I wanna keep doing this. And that's what kept me sticking with it.
0: That's awesome. And how did, that, how did the school evolve? Like, you know, you, you, your, your father t- took over the school, you guys did it, and how, how did that grow? And, and, where,
2: and where's that school now? Is it still going? No, um, this, his, um, our first school was in, was in Idaho, but we ended up moving to Oregon when I was a teenager. Okay. He started a new school there, but my mom, uh, my mom came divorced, and she was still living back in Idaho. So when I moved, I actually started my own first program when I was uh, actually in Idaho. I did it was on my own, just a small club. Okay. And what got me motivated – What age were you there? Was 17. Okay. Yeah, so oh, cool. it between my – I was my junior year of high school. Okay. And I realized that I could make more money teaching Taekwondo than working for someone else because, like, I remember just busting my ass washing dishes dishes for, like things like, 385 an hour was the minimum wage back then. I just remember just being so tired and so exhausted and just eating it. And, and I realized, wait, I, I could charge $49 a month for a student, started doing the math, actually enjoy teaching instead of having some jerk-off boss yelling at me for the floors wet every time or some <laughs> stupid. I was like, well, duh, I'm washing dishes. So <laughs> it was just out of necessity. Like, why am I doing this when I could do something else that I enjoy and get paid more for? That's how it started.
1: Look, and, and, and it's, it's awesome that you connected that because so many people wait 10, 20, 30 years and then they think, oh, it's too late, right? But you yeah, can the fact that you had this skill, you had this passion for things. I'm going to go use my passion to go make some decent money and have my, my, my thing, a thing of my own, right? And I think that's probably part of the example of your dad, you think?
2: Yeah, that's part of it. But honestly, just, just having to do like all those entry-level jobs that we all did growing up as teenagers, whether it be washing dishes or being a busboy or stocking shelves, it's like, man, this is hard work. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. This is not fun. And, and I would see, like, especially when I was stopping shelves at Kmart, I would see people that have been there for 10, 20 years. They're in their 40s and 50s. I, they didn't look exactly happy, in my yeah, opinion. I don't yeah. want to be in that boat, you know, 20, 30 years from now. So there's got to be something better to do in life. Oh, yeah. And how did
0: your how did your parents support you when you started your first your first program? You know, like, you um they tell you, because many, many, many times, this, you know, you – I mean, there's there's unique cases where your parents don't support you, but many times it's because they support entrepreneurs. You know, in, in our case, our parents were entrepreneurs all their all their lives. You know, so so they supported always. You know, as doing crazy projects and stuff like that. <laughs> so if you if you guys hear uh, some craziness going outside, literally, they're now having a, a jackhammer hammering the parking lot as we speak. So
2: so we apologize. <laughs> oh so good. We'll, we'll talk over them all right well in regards to my parents um my mom actually she's never really supported be honest she never supported me owning, yeah. owning or running a business um she's uh i hate kids say it, stereotypical asian mom if you're not a doctor lawyer or engineer you're basically a failure so um she never could understand why i didn't go off to college do one of these traditional careers um i always had good scored well good, good with my aptitude tests in high school and stuff like that did a lot of advanced placement classes, but I didn't even go bother going to college because she never could understand why I would do karate. Like, she never like, uh, uh, supported me doing sports or anything. Like To me, for her, they're just recreational activities. They're not serious. Yeah. So she never she never gets this, so and she still doesn't get it. I've given up a long time ago to try to explain it to her. Um, my dad was different, though, because he was uh, yeah self-employed, ran a martial arts school. He was actually all for it. And actually, yeah, I moved back to Oregon. I actually turned over, took over his school because he wanted to move to a uh, a bigger location, a bigger city, okay. about two hours away. So he offered me to, to take over that school, and I agreed. And I was there for 15 years after that. Okay, so what what, what is did you move to, to Oregon? I was 17, right before I turned 18. Okay, yeah, so you my,
0: started your program right in Idaho, and then
2: pretty much right after that, you, you moved to Oregon to take yeah, over I, that school? I did really well. I built it up. It's not, it's not saying much now, but as a as 17-year-old kid, I built up 50 students. I was really excited about that, and but I was... um. I was leasing from a, a dance studio. Now I was hoping to, it was gonna be my, my senior year of high school, I was planning to do that as my job. And then at the end of that summer, when I asked to see if I could uh, continue uh, renting space for the school year, she said it would no longer be available because she wanted to add more dance classes, this and that. She's like, well, I don't have a place for anymore. So now I was abandoned, and, and literally 30 minutes before that phone call, my dad offered me to take over the school. I'm not joking, 30 minutes before that, I don't think <laughs> it was a coincidence, I actually yeah. originally turned him down, I said, no, I, I already have a program, I'm good, blah, 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 and I literally called him up after that phone call, the answer was like, okay, I changed my mind, let's do this, it's like, what? Well, what happened, what did I said, well, I can't, I don't have a place to do my program anymore, so, it's funny how life works, that's, just, yeah. that's what happened. Oh, cool, cool, so where in New did you move? Newport, okay. it's on the Central Oregon Coast, so okay.
0: So then you, you took over the school, your dad moved, moved to a different city? Yeah, he
2: moved to Eugene, which is about two hours
0: away. Okay, and you, 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 were, uh, you moved alone there? So you were, what, 18? Yeah, 17, 18. So you just moved, uh, I mean, that perspective, you know, it's perspective now, nowadays, you know, that people don't leave home like way late, and it's like uh, you, you're moving to a different state
2: to I, take over a business yeah, at I, 17. I, I got kicked out of my house on 16, which is a long time itself, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm used to being on my own for a long time. <laughs> And then you, I just slept in the school. I mean, that's, money's tight. There's a mat, a crash mat, and go crash on that thing. That's, that's what we did back in the day. So. Yeah. Cool. I, I love that. I mean,
1: and, 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 and that, in that point of time, you were probably not thinking, oh, I'm going to fail or anything. I mean, you, you were doing something that you liked. You were, um, you know, grinding. You were hustling. You were trying to, to make your, your, your business work. Uh, did you at any point think, oh, this is not going to work? I, 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 I'm a failure. Or, what, what, what was going through your mind when you had to do this transition? Because, I mean, I think uh, when I left home, I left Ecuador uh, when I was 17. And I was the first kid to leave to another country and live by myself. Man, it was, it was, a, it was a hardcore reality for me because I'm like, man, I, 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 I was spoiled, dude. It, it was nice to live at home. So I don't know if you went through the same thing, but maybe tell us what was going through your mind if you remember
2: during those days where you were still not a success, right? You were working to be a success. I was happy. I mean, uh, my my uh, home life was a little volatile. Uh, it wasn't the best home life. Went through two divorces in my teenage years. My dad got, my parent. My mom and dad got divorced and my dad remarried, got divorced three years later. So I had to go through all that crap. I actually did the math. I think I had like 12 different homes in like age 11 to 18 so very unstable wow. so to me sleeping at a martial arts school my own martial arts school my place I was super happy I don't care if I didn't make any money as long as I can make rent and not get kicked out I was happy and I could always do that and that was one thing I was nice about having that uh, overhead was like you, you got figured out you got to make rent and you got to hustle and I don't care if it's collecting cans at five cents a piece in Oregon recycling them you do whatever it takes to scrape up that money and make rent and and uh, having that overhead really forced me to hustle and learn. To, you put in the work, um, you you know you you reap what you sow. So from a really age, I learned just to bust my butt and make make things happen. So how did the school?
0: Uh, all right, so you have you're in Oregon now, and you have you took over the school, and how did how did that grow for you? Like you 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 uh, you know you had 15 students. You already had experience in, in in Idaho. You know now you're here. How did you grow that pro- that program?
2: That school. Yeah, it, it had 40 students at the time, so it, was, it wasn't making a lot of money, but it was stable. So I, I was fine. As long as I could maintain, that's fine. So just a lot of hustling. So you go out, and, and I would read a lot of martial arts professional trade magazines. You go find other martial arts school owners, figure out what's working for them, especially the ones that are successful, and you just copy it. You just, just, whatever people are doing well, you just copy it. And some things work, some things don't, but you just keep trying. Just keep trying. Keep trying. Something things really stick, and you just get growing and growing and growing. That's I did. Oh, you know, at,
1: at what point in your career then you take on Krav Maga? Because you you started with Taekwondo, and then h- how how did you find Krav Maga? And tell us a little bit because a lot of people, you know, I've I've myself been in places where uh, they ask me, hey, what what do your kids do for sports and stuff like that? And I'm like, oh, they do Krav Maga, and they look at me like, well, what, what is it? What the hell what? is that?
2: Right? <laughs> so yeah. yeah,
1: tell us a little bit more about that, please.
2: Yeah, I first learned about Krav Maga in 1997. I learned it from a uh, a martial arts school owner trade magazine. So Krav Maga originally here in the United States was started in the Los Angeles area by uh, Darren Levine and Krav Maga Worldwide, his organization. And they had a, a feature in the magazine about their um, national training center in Los Angeles. And what made it really stand out compared to other martial arts schools was their student body was pre- predominantly adults. Yeah, it's a very sport, self-defense oriented school. So basically what they were doing and they have thousands of students, but they did it in a way that was completely opposite of every other uh, martial arts school in the country. Most martial arts schools are all about big kids' classes. 8% of the student body big kids, 20% adults. And that was the first thing attracting was like, wait a second, how's this, how this, this style attracting so many adults? And then the other thing that really excited me about Krav Maga, which I didn't see in any other type of martial arts, was defenses against guns, handguns. Back in the day, question, well, what do you do if you make a gun in your face? Well, you run. And that was the only thing people had a solution to. The actually had solutions to gun threats, I didn't even think it was possible. That, that attracted me immediately, so then that piqued my interest. Two years later, they started doing seminars around the country to uh, expose their instructor program, licensing program. They, they hosted one up in Seattle, so I went up there for an eight-hour course, fell in love with it, bought all their DVDs, Started learning all the all the techniques about the world. Well, It the well wasn't DVDs back then it was VHS tape. so now I'm really <laughs> kidding myself um, so yeah and so and then I started teaching these uh, Krav Maga techniques in conjunction with my adult Taekwondo classes for more practical self defense the adults loved it they're like oh I love this move I love this I love this I was right. like okay now we're on to something here the adults are really digging this so then in 2001 I decided to go uh, become a, a licensed teacher Krav Maga worldwide and did my first level instructor training and been doing it ever since
1: nice nice and now you are. Uh... Ricardo told me that you're a third level Krav Maga black
2: belt, right? Uh, only only first, first group black belt in Thai, and, uh, Krav Maga, but thanks for having me on. This <laughs> right, but if I, if I have black belts in other martial arts too. Yeah, I have uh, three different black belts. Yeah. What, 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 what else do you have? Um, taekwondo, American Kenpo, Karate, and Krav Maga. Okay. okay.
1: So you, you basically self-educated yourself in Krav Maga from, from what you're telling me.
2: Well, I did the eight-hour course, so it gave me a foundation, and I've always had the ability to learn pretty quickly yeah. off of, off of uh, DVDs and videos, and, and it helps, so that too, I have already had a foundation in martial arts, I mean, a punch is a punch. Yeah. Kick. So, I, I, most people can't learn that way, but because I already had that foundation, it wasn't difficult for me to learn. I've learned a lot of my things that I know to this day from awesome. YouTube. I mean, and, you know, if, if all of
1: us could take an eight-hour course and, and get to that level, it would be amazing. <laughs> and, but you know that that's what's interesting to me is like you, you find Krav Maga you you, you you like it you implement it in your course you know I like what you said about noticing the trend noticing that everybody was going towards the kids classes and, and what that is and and I bet you the attrition in kids classes is huge because there's so many things for kids right but um, in your experience you know, know a little bit more when, when when somebody starts in one of your classes starts learning the basics and starts learning to defend themselves, uh, what happens to that person?
2: They get confident. You can tell they feel good. And and from the very first lesson, it's things that they can apply immediately, yeah. which you can't say about traditional martial arts. Like I did taekwondo for a long time, I used to be a national class taekwondo better. Honestly, mostly it doesn't work in a real fight. Like, like you, you watch any Taekwondo competition in the Olympics, they'll kick your head clean off, but you're not even allowed to punch in the face. Well, guess what the most common attack is in a fight? Somebody punch you in the face. So you could be a, an expert in Taekwondo and not have to deal with somebody that blasts you in the face. And that always bothers me. It really irritated me that way. I devoted 20 plus years into a martial art. I really didn't know how to defend myself that well. So I made a point of, as I became older, got away from competition and sports, that I wanted to learn and teach things that actually work. Whether it came from Krabanga or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or other things that I trained, I just want to teach things at work. And then, uh, so those students, when they come in from day one, they learn something, it's something they can apply immediately. And they get that sense of instant gratification and sense of confidence. And it's a good workout, too. People go home yeah. sweating. Oh, yeah. Yep. Look at this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and, and I think when, when people increase their confidence level, they become good at everything else they do, right? Because the, the biggest thing in, in, in in humans, I think it's a feeling's of, uh, the feeling of importance, right? I want to feel important. I want to feel good with myself. I want to be happy with myself. And if I'm confident that I can, you know, protect myself in a situation, or just stand a little taller, or speak a little with more confidence, it just helps them in every area of their life. So, man, that's awesome. I I, I like that. Um, what do you What do you think as far as the business side of things? All this, I mean, you you've been disciplined with your with your with your craft for so many years. I mean, how long is it now, 30, 30 plus years that you've been doing martial arts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm 42 now, so yeah, yeah 37 years now. Yes,
1: yeah. so you're, you're very young like us, so you're, you're, you're now, you know, so many years in this, you know, what do you think for, for a business owner, because you are one, discipline means, and, and, and what does that do to a business when you, are you know disciplined in doing the things that you need to do for you because i think ricardo did a video this morning which was awesome uh about this is like you know the, the easiest person to lie to is ourselves many times right the easiest person to miss appointments with is ourselves many times so how, how does that has impacted your life your business and, and your your craft as a, as a krav maga um martial artist
2: well, since you mentioned discipline, discipline's everything. I mean, a lot of the, the keys to success in life or business or personal fitness or anything else in general is making yourself do things that you don't necessarily want to do. A lot of times, if, if there's something I've been putting off for a long time on my to-do list, it probably means I should be doing it. It's probably important. Um, so it's, whether it be martial arts or anything else, I'm just forcing myself, get out of your comfort zone. You gotta get out of your comfort zone. It, it's ability to accomplish anything important or great, you usually have to get out of your comfort zone. So that's where the discipline comes to place to make yourself do things that you don't want to do. I don't want to necessarily work out later today, but I'm going to do it because so I have to do it. I don't necessarily want to do a lot of things. I mean, by nature, I'm a very shy, introverted person when I was growing up. But basically what I do for a living now is public speaking. Yeah. Well, trust me, I didn't feel comfortable starting off as a teacher, but I made myself do it. As soon as I made myself do it, I got more confident, got more comfortable, kind of what you mentioned. And then the thing is, it carries over to other aspects of your life yeah oh yeah 100 percent.
1: and what would you tell because uh, you know I, I know this interview is going to be watched all over the world so what would you tell somebody that it's kind of on the fence about taking a krav maga class it's kind of thinking oh i don't know if it's for me um should i do it should i not do it you know what what would be your advice to them
2: go watch a class or go try it out for free just gotta take the first step. well it gonna hurt to try something? Or at the very least, even if you're a little nervous, like, hey, I don't want to get my ass kicked. How about just go watch? Yeah, any normal school can let you come in and watch. So they're yeah. gonna encourage you to come in and watch or come in and try a class. So just watch. It doesn't hurt to go check it out, and then you can make an, edu- an educated decision after that, if it's for you or not.
0: You know, I, I originally, um you know, I didn't know, I didn't know really Krav Maga or anything like that, but I. You know, I wanted to find something. Um, I, I have to grow so, you know, ten and seven, and I wanted to find something that they could learn, uh, that that will will give them the confidence, and will and and you know, nowadays in this world, man, just just to for them to be able to defend themselves, you know. And uh, that's how I researching found Krav you know. And I was like, the best thing I can do is is do it myself. So I can be an example for them, and uh, and then eventually, hopefully, be able to teach him. And when they're older, they 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 want to do it themselves, you know. Because I'm not going to be around to, for them all the time, you know. So so that was to me. And then you know, the more I the more I saw about it, and then I, and then I met you, and you know, just starting starting that and starting the program, and uh, you know, it's just. Nowadays, now, now even to my daughters, you know that a little I know, you know, I'm, I, I haven't even taken my my yellow belt class, but my yellow belt test, but the little I know, I tell my daughters, you know, I'm, we're gonna do fighting class, you know, and, and at first they were like, oh, you know, I don't wanna do fighting class, stuff like that, and you know, you 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 actually had remember you you gave me a, a punching bag that, that you were you you didn't you didn't have a use for anymore, and I just hang it in my house and, and and I just teach my daughters how to punch and how to kick and everything, and now. Now, especially my little one, she's like, whenever we have a fighting class, dad, you know, (laughs) and and, uh, it's just, it's just, yeah, getting out there and, and, and doing something fun, you know, and actually that, that leads us to, you know, where Randall and I, after, after talking, you know, we were like, how can we get this to more people, especially to kids, you know, because my, I have a passion for, for fitness, but I've, I've really struggled i, I teach a, a spartan class for kids for small kids uh 12 and under i mean they can come the older ones but the 12 and over guy kids they don't want nothing to do with this and um I'm with my class you know which is more an obstacle class and uh you know but i i i, I i've been thinking for a couple of years how how do we get the older kids you know the kids that all they do is play fortnite and all they do is want to play call of duty and stuff like that and uh and and then one day it just it just hit me you know I gotta talk to randall man why, why don't we why don't we why don't we do a class that's geared to young adults and to that I can promote it in middle school you know because when I invited to my class I I I really I literally got a, a response from that older kid from the twelve year and up kids saying oh the cool kids are not doing it so I don't want to do it, you know and. Uh, you know, so now I tell them I'm promoting this class, which our, our first class is next Friday and at uh, Fifth Element Combat Fitness Gym um, at uh, Friday at four p.m. And you know what I tell them is, listen, dude, it's a Call of Duty, but for real. <laughs> you know? And they're like, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, man. It's it's. So you know, uh, what's your experience doing doing it for like young adults? Because you were telling me the other day that that young adults you know 12 and 12 12 year olds they when they when they're with little kids they behave like little kids and when they're with with
2: adults they behave like adults so talk tell us about a little bit about that yeah i, I at this stage of my career i don't teach kids under 12 anymore it's not that i didn't enjoy teaching kids when i was younger and whatnot but i just found with just teaching kids they're they're literally twice as much work not just teaching them but also going you know, with parents and blah blah and so on but um the nice thing about uh, teenage kids is that if you if you have them train with other adults, they'll act like adults. They'll they'll step up to the plate. They'll meet your expectations. Okay, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, they'll meet your expectations. So yeah, if they're playing around with other eight-year-olds, they'll act like an eight-year-old and act like a, a an idiot and all the little kids are giggling. It's just really distracting. But you put them in with a group of adults, and they have to oh okay, time to be serious. Time to grow up a little bit. And every teenager wants to you know be act like they're older and more mature than they really are. So yeah it's still they'll they'll step up that's that's so i don't mind i don't have a lot of teenagers but i do have a few teenagers i just put them with the adults and they uh they do just fine cool but, uh, that, that's awesome that's awesome so yeah i mean if, if um and uh
0: so now you have that to to just finish and and, and put the, the, the full circle that full circle in place so you you tell yourself crap my guy you know you were in oregon you, you you started the program and stuff like that and then how did you move to Florida, pump on a beach, and started the school you have now?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I, I got affiliated with Carvaga Worldwide's instructor training program. So I went through their instructor courses, which are grueling courses, the so week-long courses, like just the first level of instructor training, seven, seven days, full days, last days testing. You just you, they just try to break it. It's super tough. And after all that, I'm only qualified to teach the first level of God. Then I have to go back and do it again and again and again. So I just kept repeating that process until, um, I'm black belt now. So I, I taught my God from 2001 to 2009 in Oregon, and then my um, uh, wife at the time and I, uh, her, her son graduated high school, and we already made a, a plan to move, to relocate. We love Oregon, but it's cold, it's rainy. we're getting a little older, the joints are starting to hurt a little bit, the cold weather's kind of getting old. So it's like, okay, we need to find a place that's warmer. How about a place that's got a higher population? Uh, sounds silly, about a has got some crime. Hey, South Florida! Here we go. So that's how we yeah, ended here. Yeah, I Florida man. They, they, they You're in the right the place. Boxes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's how I end up here. And that was 2009, and, and next February will be our 10th year that we've been here. So
1: awesome, man! Congratulations. Thank and you. And I'm kind of in the same boat. I live in Denver. I've been here for 20 years. It's cold. The joints are starting to hurt at 40 something. So we're thinking, we're thinking, we might join you, as in, uh, join you guys in Florida, and then in, in a year or two. Awesome. At least, yeah,
2: at least in the winter time. I mean, at least you get some sun in the summertime. Colorado's beautiful in the summer. Uh, Oregon, it's always raining, even <laughs> that's in the summer.
1: Yeah, that, that's the good thing about Denver, that, you know, we have 300 days of sun. Even in the winter, it's sunny outside, and it's deceivingly cold, but at least the sun is shining, so it's great. So, Randall, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, an amazing experience. I mean, Ricardo has uh, spoken highly about your classes, so um, I have to go and, and, and try it out for sure. But um, what would you say and what would you give as, as advice to any, any person that is out there wanting to either start a business or already building their business? Um, you've done it successfully. Obviously, I, I always believe that once you pass the, the second 30-year mark in business, you've made it, right? Most businesses don't survive that amount of time. So, I mean, you've been successful for decades now. What would you tell a business owner that is out there either waiting to get started, or that it's already in the grind and it's thinking, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my bills tomorrow.
2: Yeah, if you're you're thinking about doing it, stop thinking about it, just do it. Now, you don't necessarily have to just risk everything, like still keep your full-time career job and just work on it on the side, but you've got to work at it and and put in the work. And for those people that that are in business, be prepared for the grind. You're going to have your ups and downs. Like, I'm not like killing it every month. I've had my bad months. I've had good business years, bad business years. A lot of it is just keep putting in the work, keep open-minded, stay ahead of the times. Things change all the time. especially now that we're in the internet age. And um, you can't quit. It's just like everything else in life. You quit, you won't succeed. You just got to keep right out. And I'll be honest, there's been so many times in my life, it's like, oh, why am I doing this? You know, you just get so frustrated. And then you get over it a week later, you get back to it, and then you feel better again. So it's just, it's just like life you just have to put in the work and and just stick out, stick it out. You can't have the ups without the downs.
1: Yeah. I I always say when you're in those moments, think about where you started in the first place, right? Go back to why you got started and think about that hard and think, is it, is it something that I want and I really want? Then let's keep going. Let's keep fighting. Let's keep grinding. So Ricardo, any last words?
0: Yeah, actually, you know, since, since we're, since we're here, man, I mean, I'll, I like to ask you, you know, and I'm sure, you know, people like like we were saying, you know, some people don't even wouldn't want to even come see a class, you know. So I'll just I'll just ask you, uh, put you in the spot a little bit. I might get my ass kicked because of it, but uh, but uh, what would be the three moves, like or three basic things you would, if if you could teach maybe three, five, whatever whatever you want, but it's three things that you could teach somebody, somebody just to 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 defend themselves you you mentioned that one of the most common things is getting punched in the face you know or or getting choked from behind or 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 whatever you know or even or even i mean you have you have plastic weapons i mean i mean if you're okay with it i mean you you can show you can show them a, a couple moves that that will be useful to them you know
2: use me as your as your guinea pig sure sure like You can just look at it statistically. The FBI keeps statistics on what the most common forms of assault are. The most common form of assault is somebody throwing a big right hand haymaker at your face trying to blast you in the face. Second most common is people putting their hands on your throat, trying to choke and strangle you. And then um, the third thing that's really common is people putting you in headlocks. I would start with those first three defenses. If you learn how to get out of those, you've addressed 30% of the most common attacks you're gonna face immediately, and the very common attacks.
0: You You wanna show? Yeah, sure. They're like, oh, I'll just give you a quick crash course. So let's
2: say, <laughs> the big thing most people right handle through just the big name you right hand. Yes. Boom. You just have to learn how to walk that. You just have to learn <laughs> basic boxing skills, which is a fundamental part of a Krav Maga or like a common choke defense. We have a couple of those. Like, you yes, choke from the front very common, especially against bigger guys, against uh, smaller people, especially ladies. So, we have we do common techniques. It's very instinctive that somebody chokes you. So yes, um, ah, I to bring your pants up and try to fight this We're just taking food a little stronger. Learn how to use leverage on the thumbs, using the strength of our upper body, getting into counterattacks. I don't think I saw that on the camera, but hey, look at that! There's (laughs) a punch on his face. So, and then real common, especially for for guys, especially like teenage kids and whatnot, is the headlock from the side. People hold the headlocks all the time, and and we just use proper technique, counterattacks. Learn how to leverage the neck up to our advantage for life's in danger hitting vital target areas. I mean, there's no rules in the street fights, so we've got to get here too. But these are like all techniques we teach in level one. The nice thing about our level one curriculum, so and of course, we address 50 to 60% of the most common attacks from the beginning. Like within the first few months, you're gonna learn super common attacks and then have to get out of them. That's what I love about pro God. It's, it's applicable immediately. Yeah, that's awesome, man.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. As you can see, guys, I mean, I, I'm, I know all these all the techniques already. Obviously, I don't do them nearly as good as, as Randall does, but I, I mean, I've been doing it for about six months and, and I'm about ready to do my, my yellow belt test and, and all those techniques are taught in, in level one. you know. So, so it is not something you gotta be for years to learn how to defend themselves. You know, me, my, 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 the other student, my fellow students and I, we talk. it's like, you know, can't wait till somebody, somebody tries to punch me, man, or somebody tries to like hit me because, because, like, you, we feel confident now, you know? We feel confident that we can do stuff. And so that's awesome, man. So, I mean, to finish up, well, um, how, how do people find you? You know, you just closed Krav Maga Worldwide in Pampano, but how do people find you? And, and how, how can they – if they're in tough Florida, come try class. You
2: know? Yeah, uh, I was just going to my website, Um That has hundreds of articles and videos about our program. It has links to our social media pages like our YouTube channel, Facebook channel. YouTube channel's got hundreds of videos. Just just educate yourself. Just check it out and you learn a lot and if it piques your interest, then you know, get a hold of it. Or if you're somewhere else and it, it, it piques your interest, find a, a good Krav Maga program nearby and go check it out. It doesn't hurt to go check it out.
1: Yeah. Hey man, that's an awesome domain by the way, Crabmaga That's a that's a premium one, if I've heard one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I bought
2: that one like two thousand three. I, I grabbed that one as soon as it kicks. I knew that one's gonna be worth something <laughs> Smart
1: man, smart, so smart. So, hey, Randall, I thank you so much. I'm a little worried, to be honest with you, because you're teaching all this stuff to my brother. And when he was little, I used to beat him up a lot.
2: So <laughs> I hope
1: he doesn't remember because he might want to come and, and uh, use his techniques on me next time I see him. <laughs> oh,
2: that's why you got to start training, too. You got to keep a step ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. You were even saying that, that your brother used to beat you up, but he uh, yeah. can't beat you up anymore. No, I mean, my brother's six years older than me. He, he, did taek- he was a very good taekwondo practitioner as well and, and whatnot, but he stopped training about 15, 20 years ago. I just kept doing it. Yeah. So yeah. It's funny how little, little brothers become big brothers. <laughs>
1: yes, that's why, you know, this, this dude keeps me on my toes, man. So <laughs> at least that has helped me stay fit and stay strong. So I just need to learn how to defend myself from him now.
2: <laughs> That's
1: what <I> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Randall. So awesome to meet you. I'm looking forward to meet you in person very soon. I'll be in Florida uh, in the next month or so. Where I'm gonna go there for a race that Ricardo is gonna race with me, and and we're gonna go with a with a large group of people. So I'll stop by, say hi. Thank you for your time. And uh, guys, don't forget crabmagottraining.com. If you're in South Florida, come and say hello to Randall. Take one of his classes. Learn how to defend yourself
2: and feel and feel more confident. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Bye.